I think the mistake that is sometimes made with podcasting is using the medium for the sake of it rather than thinking about what are the strengths of the medium and playing to those strengths. I think, as I said earlier, it's a great way to capture somebody's personality. This is Lawyer to Lawyer, the award-winning legal podcast with J. Craig Williams and Robert Ambrogi. West Coast meets East Coast, and yes, they are attorneys, bringing you the latest legal news and observations every week with the leading experts in the legal profession. Produced right here on the Legal Talk Network. Welcome to a very special 250th episode of Lawyer to Lawyer on the Legal Talk Network. We're glad you could listen today. This is Bob Ambrogi coming to you from uh, a hurricane-threatened Massachusetts. And congratulations, Bob, or I guess congratulations to both of us. Uh, I'm Craig Williams from sunny Southern California with a little bit of a marine layer today, but I'm not going to complain given what you're going to be facing, Bob. Uh, I write a legal blog called May It Please the Court and have a book out called How to Get Sued, and we are going to thank our sponsors, SunTrust, who offers private wealth management solutions for attorneys and legal firms at suntrust.com slash law, and Clio, which is a web-based practice management software program for lawyers at goclio.com. Bob, I know you write some blogs. I write a blog called Law Sites, another blog called Media Law. Uh, Well, Craig, it was back on August 31st, 2005, that the Legal Talk Network launched this inaugural podcast. As I recall, we were the first podcast for the Legal Talk Network. We were originally called Coast to coast until until we had a little run in with somebody over that name and <laughs> and changed our name to Lawyer to Lawyer uh, and uh, that first show we had the incoming president of the American Bar Association Michael Greco uh, and Professor Erwin Chimerinsky as our guests as the years have passed uh, we think we have the longest continually running legal podcast, although at least one of our guests today has been has been podcasting longer than we have. Uh, we've won some awards. We've had a song written about us by Larry Savell. Uh, and every week, Craig, you and I connect electronically to the Legal Talk Network wherever we may be in the world to share our views with our guests on a variety of hot legal topics. Well, it's been a fun run, Bob, and I'm looking forward to the next five years. But uh, <laughs> since back in 2005 and, and actually back in 2004 when I started podcasting, uh, our topics have ranged from Chinese drywall litigation to the battle over Michael Jackson's estate to legal issues surrounding social media. We have also included some high-profile guests, including Jerry Spence, Aaron Brockovich, Jonathan Zittrain, Dr. Jeffrey Wigand, and most recently, F. Lee Bailey. Well, we thought that in celebration of our fifth year of podcasting, um, instead of uh, our normal show, we would talk about podcasting and talk a little bit about uh, about it with a couple of people who are in their own ways pioneers in legal podcasting. So today on Lawyer to Lawyer, we're going to look at legal podcasting, uh, the lessons we've learned, the lessons our guests have learned. Uh Talk about uh, the time commitment, the longevity, uh, and uh, pretty much whatever you want to know about legal podcasting in today's show. Well, and Bob, I'm really pleased that we are going to have two more very high profile and great guests today to add to our resume of, of great guests. 
First joining us is Denise Howell. She is an appellate intellectual property and technology lawyer, and also a blogger, a consultant, and a columnist, and most importantly for us today, a podcast host. Denise is presently the host of the widely popular legal podcast, or Netcast, This Week in Law, which launched its first show back in October of 2006. This Week in Law is created as part of This Week in Tech family of podcasts, where she and her panel discuss issues in technology law, including patents, copyrights, and more. Welcome to Lawyer to Lawyer, Denise Howell. Hey, it's great to be here. Happy 250th episode. Thanks, Denise. And uh, also joining us today is Struan Robertson, Legal Director in the Outsourcing Technology and Commercial Group for Pinset Masons LLP in Glasgow, Scotland, and the founding editor of Outlaw.com, the firm's online legal service. Pinset Masons has produced the weekly 10-minute podcast Outlaw Radio since August of 2006 on topics relating to internet and intellectual property law. The podcast is part of the law firm's award-winning Outlaw.com website, which provides a variety of guides, articles, and news stories about the law. Welcome to Lawyer to Lawyer, Struan. Well, thank you for having me on the show. It's great to be here. Well, I should say, I just just wanted to to say uh, about Denise. uh, Denise was actually the person who got me interested in podcasting when when she was doing it. Uh, And I know, Craig, you were doing it uh, well before we started this. Uh, But... uh, I wanted to ask Denise, uh, if, if you can remember back that far, how did, how did you get started with it? Um, well, I, I was uh, a listener to podcasts early on and was sort of um, reading along with the blogs of folks who developed podcasting as it was unfolding in real time. And back in those days, which was uh, 2004 or sometime, um, Adam Curry and Dave Weiner figured out ways to stitched together MP3 audio files with RSS feeds and do a subscription model audio and then eventually video uh, download system uh, to distribute these things. And it it was a really cool environment back then. Um, Everybody kind of knew everybody who was doing it and everybody listened to everybody. And I never quite knew or understood that to full extent until I finally met Adam Curry at a conference and of course, I knew who he was because I'd been reading and listening to him for months and months. And I introduced myself, and he knew right who I was because I'd been occasionally doing a podcast. <laughs> so it was um, really cool and uh, very collegial and very collaborative as uh, all of this got off the ground. Struan, how did, how did you get started in podcasting? Well, we had had the website for some time by the time we got started in podcasting. So Outlaw.com started back in May 2000. Um, and we started to think about doing podcasting, but we didn't want to just launch another podcast uh, unless we were confident that it would add value to what we were already doing. We were listening to some of the podcasts that were out there in the early days, which were really bad. Um, you would get a lawyer switching on a microphone and then droning on about some aspect of law, reading out an article into the microphone, and then (laughs) switching off and expecting people to download it. We knew that that was somewhat pointless. Um, And it was a while before we came up with a format and had the talent uh, in-house to start doing our own podcasting. We had a journalist join us um, back in 2006, 
uh, Matthew McGee. And Matthew is the one that came to us with, um, I suppose, a format for a podcast and talent to do it. He's a really good broadcaster. And so Matthew produces and presents the Outlaw Radio podcast. Um, the reason we wanted to do it, it was to complement what we were already doing on the website. You can do things in audio that you can't do in text. You can convey personalities in in a way that doesn't really come across just by quoting somebody. It's funny that you mentioned the uh, really bad podcast. I'm trying to remember who was, there was a lawyer for a while who was reading the Internal Revenue Code, I think it was, uh, or, the, or was it the Bankruptcy Code uh, each week, uh, sitting at his desk in a microphone. Uh, one of the more memorable podcasts, I think, over the years. Wow, I missed that one. But but mine clearly, would, you know, my early podcasts were definitely in the category of lawyer flicking on a microphone and just spewing forth. But you've come a long way, uh, as they say. I mean, you, you're, you're the technology of your podcast. Uh, well, well, tell us about it. I mean, you're 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 combining video and audio, and and uh, and uh, I think you have a much more uh, a technologically complex setup than a microphone on a desk. Well, on my end, it's not that much more technologically complex than that. Um, ultimately, rather than just flick on the recording function on my cell phone and record a little MP3 file and transfer it over to my computer and bundle it in an RSS feed and expect people to subscribe, I um, did wind up getting affiliated with two very wonderful um, podcast umbrella kind of organizations. The first was IT Conversations, and now, as you mentioned, I'm with This Week in Tech, and it, it really makes a huge difference to have actual engineers and audio and video professionals um, working with you. <laughs> it's, it's much more than most lawyers can handle, I think, to, to do something professional and palatable on their own. So partnering up with someone who knows what they're doing is, is definitely a good thing to do. It's been great for me uh, because on my end, it's still very simple. I have my computer and Skype and a microphone, and I route everything through a mixer, which is probably the most complicated device in my setup, but it's not really necessary. And then uh, we use Skype to bring everybody together on uh, video calls, and then we wind up recording those in our studio up in Petaluma, and there we have a staff of producers and editors who do post-production and make them look quite professional before they go out the door. Yeah, I'm afraid I was one of those pointless podcasters back when I first started because I was essentially just reading my posts and, and as Struan said, kind of expecting people to uh, to subscribe to it. But I really didn't know how to get anything done until we got with the lawyers, the Legal Talk Network here, and uh, they've just done a fine job for us. But Struan, um, Outlaw Radio does a weekly podcast as well, and you've got a brilliant host, Matthew McGee, as you mentioned. How do you and Matthew set aside time to do your podcasts? It's a pretty busy, busy schedule. We do have a busy schedule, but um, we actually work full time on Outlaw. So we are employees of Pinsent Masons, but everything we do is in some way related to Outlaw. Um, and so back in 2000, I was hired. I, I was working as a corporate lawyer. I was hired to work full-time as a lawyer on producing content for 
our website. Now, at the time, that was quite a radical idea. Um, I suppose even today, there are not very many lawyers who end up working full-time on the production of content for a website for a law firm. Uh, And that was, I think, in recognition of the fact that in most firms, the firm leaves it to uh, a lawyer when they have a bit of spare time between client work to contribute something to a site. And the tendency is that the lawyer is too busy with client work and not much gets added onto the site, so the site begins to look rather stale. Matthew combined um, the writing of uh, stories in in text on the website, um, typically producing four every day, and squeezing in time for the podcast. Each podcast can take a lot of work to set up and a lot of time to record in order to condense it down to between 10 and 13 minutes each week. Um, there's probably uh, a full day's work spread over the course of several days to produce a single episode. So so the, your firm is investing in this and, and, and paying two people to work on this, possibly others. What, what's the value to the firm? Why are they doing this and what do they get out of it? Primarily, it raises profile. The way that... Uh, Outlaw has served the firm is in raising awareness of who we are and the expertise that we have. We provide a lot of useful information free of charge and the users of that information are grateful for it. So each time one of our guides turns up in in Google um, and somebody gets a little bit of benefit from it, that wins a little bit of goodwill for the firm. The way that we tend to win big instructions is more indirectly related to Outlaw than directly related to it. So we will start a relationship with an organization because through Outlaw we're reaching a lot of organizations. And the relationship will develop when we persuade people through the website, through the podcast to come along to some of the events that we run. And then the face-to-face relationship begins that generates uh, a closer working relationship and ultimately leads to instructions. We're a large firm. We are generally acting for large organizations. And so, as you all know, the buying process for that kind of client tends to be quite slow. It's not, uh, it's not often that we'll get the immediate big instructions as a consequence of what we're doing on the site, but it's been extremely beneficial to the firm in generating leads, in uh, raising awareness of what we do, and in bringing in work in the long term. Denise, what's been uh, your exposure uh, on your show? What kind, how have you built your audience? How have you increased your name and gotten around? I mean, everybody knows who you are, but how did you go about doing it? Well, I don't know that everybody knows who I am, but, but it, um, it certainly helps on that front. It, it, you know, I, as, as you are, Craig, we're sort of in this somewhat isolated pocket of Southern California that is away from Los Angeles and other major metropolitan centers. So given that, my network is not very local. It's very much virtual and online. So as far as people that I talk to and share ideas with about my practice of law and, and the areas that I'm interested in, I do it on the show. I bring together people that do what I do and, and are interested in the same kinds of things I'm interested in on a legal front, and we all chat about it. And it's, it's both great for my law practice. It's, you know, how, 
I basically have a presence, and it's great for my sanity because my husband doesn't enjoy talking tech law. <laughs> and very few people, you know, that I hang out with on a daily basis do. So it really um, gives me a way to be immersed in my field of interest without having to physically be anywhere but where I am. Denise, if you think you're isolated in Southern California, come to Rockport, Massachusetts, uh, on the tip of Cape <laughs> Ann, and uh, I know how you feel. I mean, it's right. funny that one of, one of the questions I am most often asked about this is, is really just why do I do it? I mean, people will say, well, you know, how much money do you make from this? And I'll say, well, I don't really make any money from this. And Well, well then why do you do it? Um, and, and I have to say that a, a driving force for me uh, has, you know, over the years in doing this has not has not been marketing or anything else. It's it's really kind of what you just said, Denise. It, it's it's fun and it's good conversation, and we get interesting people to talk to every week, and uh, it's it's just a pleasure to do. Uh, but Craig, what about you? What 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 keeps you doing this over all these years? I, I for me, it's I think pretty much the same as you and and Denise. I mean, I. I it is an amazing uh, exposure to be able to have such a wide variety of topics and such a wide variety of guests on. I mean, one of my favorite shows was um, Sohiban, I think her last name was pronounced Masidian, but I'm, I, I'm probably going to get that wrong. Um, she was the um, war crimes counsel for the UN and was on one of our shows talking about uh, monitoring war crimes and uh, trials in Africa. And, you know, lawyers sitting, as De as Denise says, you know, there's a lawyer sitting in an office in Southern California doing litigation work. I don't get to have those kind of conversations with uh, other lawyers and, and people. And it just, I think, really expands my universe. And it's something that I really enjoy doing because it's a lot of fun to meet a lot of people and have contacts all around the world. I mean, we've had people on from Hong Kong. We've had people on from France, uh, today the UK, and, there's, and we've had many guests on from the UK. So it's it, I, it's really fun from that standpoint for me. And I'm still like you, Bob, trying to figure out how to make money at this. Maybe we ought to get Denise's <laughs> input on that. Struan, how about you? What's been what's uh, what have you gotten out of it uh, besides besides the job? I mean, did, what are what have been some of the memorable moment, moments out of this for you? Well, we've I mean we've had some some really great people on the podcast and we interviewed Billy Bragg for example um, who took on MySpace Billy Bragg the singer I don't know how well he's known in, in the US yeah, um, <laughs> uh, we interviewed a guy uh, uh, a guy called Gary McKinnon who has been um, getting a lot of profile in the UK he's a hacker who uh, hacked into NASA's computers and has been facing an extradition battle in this country uh, trying to resist being taken over to be prosecuted in the US. Um, so we got an interview with him that was an extremely popular thing. Uh, we, in, we spoke to one of the guys that was uh, invited to be an early investor in YouTube who turned it down, um, uh, Silicon Valley entrepreneur and venture capitalist, uh, a guy that was just fascinating to speak to. There's been a lot, a lot of really good interviews that we've had. I mean, I wouldn't say that the reason we do it is for fun. Um, it's something that is fun, but the main reasons we do it are to uh, ultimately to win work. Um, we do it because it enhances the brand that we have 
And I think it provides a stronger brand experience than reading text on a page. It's a quite different medium. I think the mistake that is sometimes made with podcasting is using the medium for the sake of it rather than thinking about what are the strengths of the medium and playing to those strengths. I think, as I said earlier, it's a great way to capture somebody's personality. Um, Video is an even better way to do that, perhaps, but video requires a lot more effort. Uh, And so a listener's impression of the firm can be a very positive thing from the podcast and it can make a much greater impression. Um, And obviously with podcasting, the interviewee can be based anywhere in the world as long as they've got access to a telephone, which is not possible with video. So it's much easier to get access to people who are thought leaders or uh, high profile individuals. Well, we need to take a quick break uh, during our program and we will be right back with Denise Howell and Struan Robertson. Has the recent economic climate affected the financial goals of your firm? Get back on track with help from SunTrust. Our private wealth management legal specialty group works solely with lawyers and their firms to deliver unique solutions designed for the legal community. SunTrust advisors give you sound guidance on everything from maximizing cash flow and waiting through benefits planning to understanding how to retain attorneys and staff. Learn more at www.suntrust.com legal. SunTrust. Live solid. Bank solid. SunTrust Bank. Member FDIC. Imagine how much easier managing your practice would be if your practice management software was web-based. Your practice would be available anywhere you have an internet connection, completely secure, backed up continuously, and most importantly, easy to use, allowing you to spend your valuable time building your practice instead of managing technology. Start simplifying your practice today with Clio. Sign up for a free, fully functional 30-day trial at www.goclio.com. Use promotional code L2L for a 25% discount. Engage your brain. Go to LegalTalkNetwork.com and listen to all the great legal podcasts. It's the office calling again. Don't answer it. Why not? I'm listening to Legal Talk Network podcasts to get my CLE credit in West Legal Ed Center. Oh, yeah. I need to do that, too. Where do I find them? It's easy. Just go to LegalTalkNetwork.com and pick a program for CLE. Click on it and start listening. Or go to westlegaledcenter.com and choose from any of the Legal Talk Network programs available for CLE. That's perfect. The office can wait. All right, welcome back to a very special 250th episode of Lawyer to Lawyer on the Legal Talk Network. We are talking about podcasting with our guests, Denise Howell, the host of This Week in Law, and Struan Robertson, the legal director for Pinset Masons LLP and the founding editor of Outlaw.com. It's funny, Struan, you just alluded to the idea that the interviewee can be anywhere in the world. And I think one of the things that Craig and I have found doing this over the years is the interviewer can pretty much be anywhere in the world. I I can uh, myself uh, 
attest to having recorded shows from a from a campsite up in Maine, from a, a, a top of a mountain somewhere that I drove up because I couldn't get cell phone reception anywhere else, uh, and uh, all sorts of uh, interesting places. Uh, Denise, your your format uh, is a little bit different, and you don't necessarily have. Um, sort of different guests every week. You, you tend to have a, a panel uh, of people. Uh, they seem to be kind of kind of regulars, uh, more or less. Uh, how does that work for you? And uh, how do you like doing it that way? Well, uh, for a while, we had a panel of regulars. And then we had a couple of our regulars need to go off and do other things with their lives. So now I'm back to having... Um, Evan Brown joins me almost every week. He's a lawyer in Chicago. He's wonderful. He writes internetcases.com, the blog, and comes on my show and does... Local and a long-time podcaster himself. He's, uh, he's a brilliant guy and very funny. Um, so Evan comes on with me a lot, and then uh, often we rotate other guests. So I usually have four people on each week, and we get other lawyers and law professors on to help us unpack the legal issues in technology law of the week. I absolutely love the idea of what Strawn's doing, um, which is more sort of native journalism. You know, we, we do journalism in the sense that we analyze issues after the fact, and from time to time we do some, you know, interviewing of people who are directly involved in a story, but that's um, the exception rather than the rule on my show. Uh, but I really, I, I'm really intrigued by this idea of the blurring of the line between lawyers and journalists, because at minimum, when you're covering law-related shows, you know what questions to ask if you've got a background in that field that you might not have if you were simply you know, a reporter for some sort of large news organization. So I think it's a, it's a unique way to get at a different kind of perspective on the law. Um, and also, of course, we have the video format on my show, which um, with, the form- with the tool we use, Skype, uh, the same thing applies. That somebody can be anywhere in the world as long as they have access to Skype, and that gets complicated in some Asian countries but, and, and some other countries that uh, may block IP addresses using that source. But... Um, but Skype is pretty universal, so um, if we can get somebody with Skype on their webcam on their computer, we are good to go with video, which I also think is um, a pretty important thing right at this juncture of where we are with media and technology, because as it was with audio podcasting in the beginning, video podcasting is just kind of beginning to find its way and find its distribution channels and is very much finding a way to people's living rooms, even if we're not broadcasting on a cable network or a local channel. Yeah, it's kind of a different kind of time commitment for me to to watch a video podcast. I mean, an audio podcast, I can put it on while I'm exercising or driving in my car or whatever. Videos are a whole different experience. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Although I, I watch a lot of video podcasts when I'm exercising because I have an iPad, so that works out well. There you go. (laughs) <laughs> you just need the right technology. Yeah, exactly. Stuart, do you do you view uh, other podcasts and other video podcasts as competition for you, but or more as a complement to what uh, Pence and Mason's doing? We don't view any of them as competition, particularly. I don't think there's 
another podcast that's doing exactly the same thing that we're doing. I mean, obviously, Denise is also uh, podcasting about technology law issues, but the market is big enough for more than one podcast. Um, And it's great that there are a lot of people looking at this medium. I think that the issue at the moment is probably that not enough people are listening to podcasts. I think it's not a medium that has really taken off the way that people thought it would a few years ago. I think a lot of people I speak to still just never get used to the idea of of listening to a podcast, whether it's audio only or audio with video. I was just going to ask Denise, what's the what have you learned? I mean, you've been doing this for a long time now. What's what's the big lesson you've learned about how to do a successful podcast? Well, the most important thing I think is to have a passion for what you're doing, and to really, you know, in, back to that element of fun we were talking about before. If if it's not something that you're deeply interested in, I think that that will come through. If you're doing it simply to raise the profile, say, of your firm or, or to, you know, do some sort of SEO kind of play, um, I think that that's going to come through. But the reason you can mix the two so well, as I think Outlaw has done, is, is it's actually possible to marry the two things. So, you know, you see their firm making a big commitment financially and of resources to go out and do real journalism and in the area that their lawyers practice in. Um, so in that way, it, it makes sense. They have, you know, the passion to carry it off. I love their podcast. And then the other point that relates to this is you were mentioning competition a minute ago. I think if you look at it, you know, if you're all about being at the top of some leaderboard and what your numbers are, you know, that's, that's not really going to get you anywhere. Um, far from looking at other podcasts in my area of interest as competitors, I look at them as resources. You know, I love listening to them. I love having the people who do them on my show. Strawn is definitely on my list of people I want to invite on. So um, I think if you partner your passion with, um, you know, some good people skills and and, uh, making nice with your fellow folks out there who are doing it, and also bearing in mind that people want to be informed about these issues and don't really understand them all that well. You know, reading the tax code is not going to really help that problem. But if you can make legal issues that are important to people's everyday lives comprehensible to them, um, I think it's both a valuable service and it's going to gain you the hearts and minds of your listeners and viewers. I would completely agree with that. Um, I think my advice to any law firm that was thinking of doing podcasting uh, would be a word of warning. A good podcast takes a lot of effort to produce and it demands a big commitment from your listeners. So you've got to make sure you're adding value. You can't scan a podcast in the way that you can scan a web page. So you're asking your listeners to commit 10 minutes, 30 minutes, an hour of their time, depending how long the podcast is. don't use it for anything that's better communicated in text. You know, if you're talking about the tax code, you may find that that text is the best way to do it if you cannot make that accessible verbally. Um, It may be that text is better for the listener or rather for the end user, the audience, because 
they can reread those important sentences in a way that's very difficult to do in a podcast. You can't easily rewind a podcast and just listen to that bit you didn't quite catch because it was all quite technical and quite complicated. Well, we've just about reached the end of our program where it's time now to wrap up and get your final thoughts as well as your contact information and the opportunity to plug your own podcast. So, Denise, let's start with you. Well, I'm just, I think it's a really exciting time to be paying attention to podcasts, whether you're on the consuming side or the production side, um, that it has been, you know, a long time since they've come on the scene and maybe they didn't spread as wildly as some of us at the beginning thought they would, but uh, they are starting to bleed into other modes of consumption. Um, So, you know, with the subscription model of television, um, kind of end running the, the cable providers and the satellite providers these days, you're seeing all sorts of other offerings that come from the web, and podcasts are one of them. So it's, it's a great time to be in this space, and um, I'm really happy to be on your show and congratulate you as one of the great early legal podcasts for your longevity and and the value you produce here. It's uh, always fun to listen to you guys. Well, thank you very much. And Denise, if our listeners want to reach out to you or listen to your podcast, how can they do that? Uh, Well, my show is at twit.tv, that's T-W-I-T dot TV slash twill, T-W-I-L, which stands for This Week in Law. And uh, you can always check out my blog at bagandbaggage.com, which... uh, has all the information about um, basically everything I'm up to. Great. And Struan, can we get your final thoughts along with your contact information and, and how to listen to your podcast? Sure. I suppose my, my final thought would be um, writing an article in text and making it available on a website is usually the best medium for a law firm that's trying to communicate to clients. Don't dismiss text just because it lacks the pizzazz of podcasting. That said, podcasting is a lot of fun. There's a lot you can do with it. Just make sure you're going to do it well. Think about how you're going to add value. Um, Our website and podcast can be found at outlaw.com. I'm tweet at at struan99, S-T-R-U-A-N 99. Great. Well, thank you both very much for being on the show today and for sharing uh, your thoughts. It's been a really interesting program. It kind of flew by for me, Bob. Um, So that does it for this week's Lawyer to Lawyer. Remember, our listeners, remember, you can check out all of our Lawyer to Lawyer shows at LegalTalkNetwork.com. Speaking of of flying by, obviously the years have have flown by, and I I just want to uh, acknowledge uh, what both Strawn and... and, uh, uh, um, Denise said, which is that uh, without sort of pro- professional help doing this, I'm not sure we we would have made it all this time. So I, I really want to give a, a shout out to uh, the people who do all the work for us. Uh, Kate Kenny is our producer. She she works every week on helping us line up guests, getting the script ready, getting the show all together. Mike Hockman does all the uh, engineering and audio work and. Uh, and of course, Louis Enrib and Scott Hess are the people who started the Legal Talk Network and who are uh, the real uh, sort of inspiration behind the company and, and the work we do. And they're, they're a, a great crew to work with and uh, really thank them a lot for what they've done for us over these last five years. 
And they also do a fine job with preparing settlement videos for lawyers, which is a, another thing that we really never plug for them. But then it's just great to work with all four of them. Well, thanks a lot, Craig, and uh, and uh, look forward to talking to you again for number 251. We will be there, Bob. Uh, for our listeners, don't forget, you can find us on iTunes. And if you want CLE credit, go to the West Legal Ed Center and uh, actually go to LegalTalkNetwork.com and click on the West Legal Ed Center to get your credit for our shows. We will see you next week. Thanks a lot. The views expressed by the participants of this program are their own and do not represent the views of, nor are they endorsed by, Legal Talk Network, its officers, directors, employees, agents, representatives, shareholders, and subsidiaries. None of the content should be considered legal advice. As always, consult a lawyer. Thanks for listening to Lawyer to Lawyer with J. Craig Williams and Robert Ambrogi. Every week, a new legal topic that you won't want to miss. We hope you'll listen again and check out our other shows on the Legal Talk Network. The Lunch Hour Legal Marketing Podcast, your resource for the tips and tactical advice you need to grow your business. Plus, keep up with the news and commentary you crave to stay one step ahead. It's hosted by me, Guy Sakalakis. And me, Conrad Song. Every other week, we break down the issues holding back your marketing strategy and talk about the changes you need to be prepared for. Check out the Lunch Hour Legal Marketing Podcast wherever you get your podcasts or on YouTube.